Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Come through, queen. I want to see you. Come through, queen. Hi everyone, it's Dan and Brendan, and this is Come Through Queen. I have people following me all the time. You or... do? What kind of people? You have people why, following. Why do you have people following you? Hey, Brendan. Hi. Uh, uh, so, for the first time since uh, we started recording separately, we are excited to have a guest back with us. I know. There's a third person in the Zoom. I know, and it is our fave, Evan Ross Katz. Welcome back, Evan. Thank you so much. It's an Please honor welcome. to be back. Can I just say, um, if you're not, if you don't have Shut Up Evan, Evan's podcast downloaded in your iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts, go do it right now. His interviews are amazing. Um, he's had Andy from BA. He's had uh, Detox from RuPaul's Drag Race. Ton, a ton of interesting conversations. Yeah. The best interviewer in town. Go download it now. My Love God, it. Thank you so much. That's so nice <laughs> uh of course we're excited to have you any week but we got a rony episode this week that is heavy on new york fashion week that's a very exciting uh and a lot's been also going on in the drag race world yeah uh that we're gonna get to before we get to that we have multiple baby news stories one of which just broke anderson cooper announced the birth of his son Wyatt on Instagram. The pictures are up. Run over to Instagram. Evan was the one who brought it to our attention. We were too busy with our eyes glued on the New York Housewives. I know. Uh, so what do we think about this little surprise? I will say, I feel like I'm happy for Anderson. I feel like when he lost his mom, it was a big 
hole in his heart and he's somebody who's lost a lot of family very mm-hmm. young and then lost his mom and she lived a very long life and I feel like he had a big hole in his heart after he lost his mom so I'm glad that he now has someone as part of his family to like live on the rest of life with you know yeah, for sure yeah and I just feel like to I guess I have so um I haven't seen good news come out in so long that to read something that's just incredibly heartwarming and then on top of that it's like oh my gosh all you can do right now is stay inside it's like you would be doing that regardless with the baby this is the perfect time the timing is just such that it seemingly seems like the worst time yeah. on the surface but mm-hmm. it's such a joyous thing amidst all this so i know so it's like perfect timing in terms of like andy and anderson both having kids within a year of each other yeah built-in best friendship all the way yeah and I think it's just nice to see more LGBTQ plus representation in parenting, um, just to see like a single gay man um, having a kid. And I'm curious to see if we'll learn more about the process with which he brought this beautiful child into this world. Um, but I'm really just like, I don't know, kind of warms my heart. Yeah, for sure. Uh, does the fact that Yolanda Hadid uh, is positive. about to be a grandmother <laughs> warm your heart as well? <laughs> Yeah, it's funny, like, when the news first broke, my immediate, I always will see the Hadid daughters as the daughters of Yolanda. Like, no matter, no matter a Vogue cover I see, it's just, that was my origin story for them both, and so, to me, they always exist within the cinematic universe, like, they're Bravo cinematic universe properties. Yeah, definitely. They're not fashion. Um, That's not even, I don't even mean that in a shady way at all. Um, But just, you know, they're the daughter of a legend. I'm just so happy for her. I mean, it's, again, good news in a time of uh, what seems like uh, a barren landscape. Yeah, of yeah, exactly. I mean, if anyone missed it, it's Gigi Hadid. Uh, I don't think they've officially announced it. It's like more kind of just breaking that, like, this is happening. Right? So she just, she confirmed it now because TMZ oh, okay. broke the story. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then she went on some late night talk show to sort of... And then she poked fun at the fact that she had wished she, I think it was like Colbert or something. And she poked fun at the fact that she wishes that it would have, that she would have been able to make the announcement about mm, her own pregnancy. Right. Yeah. And that's to One Direction's uh, Zane. Uh, Zane, who is the father. So that's exciting. Uh, I heard that Zane has also purchased a, um, a house in Pennsylvania near Yolanda's house. Oh. So I love that they're like making Pennsylvania chic again. <laughs> yeah. As a family, um, as someone who spends Christmas there, I appreciate that it's getting the promo that it deserves. I believe that they're in like, they're near like Amish country. Cause like yeah. Dutch. Hello. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> um, so I love that for them. I just want to say as a, as a Pennsylvania resident, um, Eastern Pennsylvania gets a lot of love. Western PA, not as much. Oh, that's true, yeah. Right. But, I mean, like, there's Lake Erie over there. <laughs> does it, does it, like, Western Pennsylvania kind of self-identify as, like, the Midwest and Eastern Pe- Pennsylvania identifies as, like, an East Coast not, not to my knowledge, but uh, to be honest with you, as a, as, as a child of Western Pennsylvania, yeah. I, I don't really know much about Eastern Pennsylvania. I, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like I visited Philadelphia once when I was a kid, but we're very separate kind of in the way like mm-hmm. Buffalo and New York City are both New York, but they're yeah. like polar opposites. For sure. Yeah. Similar to that. 
Well, as someone who spends my Christmases in Westchester, the home of QVC, the home of Lisa Rinna, the home of Barbara, <laughs> not Barbara, Lori from Shark Tank, I can yeah. tell you Eastern Pennsylvania is great. Yeah. Uh, so we haven't talked much about it on the podcast recently, and I think it's the perfect week for us to jump back in. RuPaul's Drag Race season 12, as well as RuPaul's secret celeb drag race, uh, both aired this past Friday, a three and a half hour marathon session. Evan, how are you feeling about this season of regular drag race to begin with? I'm so interested to hear what you both think. Can I just Ooh. say, like, as, like, a fan of the podcast, this is a very um, gratifying moment. Yeah. Um, I tend not to have opinions about the seasons while they're going. Oh. Um, I kind of just like to ride it out and see how I feel. I'm, I am engaged. I am fully engaged in a way that I recognize is more so than I was um, during season 11. Yeah. There are a lot of really exciting characters. There's been, like, a lot of moments that have been, like, really... Um, seem like immediately part of the canon of the show. Yeah. There are really memorable queens, and the guest judges this season um, have just been superb. I mean, there's been a mm-hmm. couple sleepers, but like we've really like Rachel Bloom um, this past week. Like that was a like just such high caliber, and um, yeah, she was almost the perfect person to step in on a random episode where Michelle wasn't there, which was another yeah. weird thing about the episode. But she really did bring it in a way that like felt like she was almost channeling Michelle when Michelle couldn't be there. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I was not feeling Jeff Goldblum though. I mean, I liked him in the challenge, but when it came to the judging, I feel like he is an example of a straight man coming on the show and it's like too distracting for me. Like his being mesmerized by what's going on. I want someone who knows the game, you know? Yeah, I mean, a little, okay, I, I saw that the sentiment online seemed to be very, when I say online, I mean the sentiment on Twitter seemed yeah. to be very much like eeks. Yeah. My reaction was a little different in that I understand that we want queer people on this show. Yeah. I think that given that they're, the cis straight men on the show are very few and far between. Yeah. I do enjoy that someone of Jeff Caliber's magnitude in Hollywood and stature mm-hmm. took the time to come on this show and then like was like fully like invested in it. Mm-hmm. Did he stick the landing entirely? I'm not so sure about that, but yeah. I, as a viewer, I like seeing straight men on drag race. I know it's not going to be a popular opinion. Yeah. I just wish there was and more representation from wider spectrums, um, particularly like trans women, contestants on the show but also yeah. mm-hmm. more trans judges as well mm-hmm. um so yeah yeah i think in terms of this season for me i'm loving the queens i i love a season when there's not one clear winner like that's that was one of my problems with like the bianca bob seasons were that it felt like we were just waiting for the coronation i like not knowing what's going to necessarily happen um what I don't love about the season is I feel like if it feels a little stale production wise, like the, the contestants are great. The judges, the guest judges are great, but I don't feel like there's anything that special going on in terms of like them putting the show together. Like, especially this week, for example, the challenge of a challenge we had, what was it like? 
eight seasons Season ago. Season four, yeah. Which didn't succeed then, and I don't think this challenge succeeded uh, eight years later. Mm-hmm. Well, they like to do they like to do this every four years. We didn't have a debate in season eight, but we did have like a it was like an it was like a political ad thing. Yeah. So they mm-hmm. like to play on the election year a lot, which is like whatever. Um, I I agree with you. I think there's all of the queens seem to be at a really high caliber, but I also think it's because the show has also in this current iteration, it's like they're too prepared mm-hmm. where they're bringing all of this fashion. They're bringing like all of like they're coming so prepared after studying the seasons for ever. And I kind of miss back in the day when like you would see a queen have to put together something from like something she bought brought from forever 21 and like make it work on like the runway. Yeah. And you don't get as much of that now because the Queens come with like stuff that worked with designers to produce over the months since they got cast. Yeah. And I think off of the, off of that, it's like, because they keep casting so many cis gay men on the show, mm-hmm. the sort of, um, the parts of the series where, they're, where we're kind of getting to know them, we're seeing a lot of similar stories play out, sort of templates of right. stories. Yeah. And it's like all the more reason to widen the spectrum of queens on the show because I feel like right now we're seeing, we're begging for new storylines because we've just sort of seen the difficult relationship with the parent and the parent not accepting. Mm-hmm. Like we've, we've seen it, but we need more gradient within those yeah. storylines that I feel like broader representation would bring about. For yeah. Sure. That being said, I mean, like, we are getting some interesting stuff. Like, I think the stuff with Jackie this week was particularly particularly interesting. Seeing a story, I don't even think, like, we've seen a lot of representation of, like, people on a reality television show being directly impacted by the travel ban Mm. in the way that we saw it um, with uh, Jackie talking about how her her aunt, who was supposed to come to the U.S. to take care of her mother, wasn't able to do so because of the travel ban. That's interesting. So it's, like, it's, I think the show is going the show is doing a lot of things and it's always going to be like a talked about show and like what it does badly and what it does good but i will say right now because i think because we're in this quarantine situation it is the thing i look forward to the most every week which Mm. is weird yeah can i in summer house which evan i know you don't watch but you're <laughs> I gotta get into it. Can I make a recommendation for anyone listening? There's a podcast that just came out. It's a deep dive. It's called RuPaul v. RuPaul Andre Charles. Oh. And it basically examines the duality of there being like RuPaul the drag queen and RuPaul the person and how those don't always align. It's This podcast is called Fanti. And it's these two fantastic journalists, Travel Anderson, and I apologize mm-hmm. for not knowing the other co-host's name. Um, but it is absolutely worth checking out. And it's it's really interesting and a very nuanced conversation. I think actually the last time you were on, we talked about Fanti, the Wendy Williams episode. Oh, really? oh yeah. Um, <laughs> Wait, I want to get his name. <laughs> yeah, pull up his name. Because I haven't, I saw that come into my feed. I haven't listened to the episode Yeah, yet. it's Jarrett Hill is the other journalist. Okay. And they are just so fantastic. But it's really great because I really, I like to hear um, conversations talking about a figure like RuPaul because I think sometimes in the sort of, RuPaul is problematic conversation. We tend to, we myself included, like don't give him the kudos that he does deserve. Sure. Um, a person can be problematic and also prolific and legendary and important and valuable to the community. So I like that they sort of uh, painted a, 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 like a more full picture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
so as I mentioned before, this week was the premiere of the secret celebrity drag race spinoff series. Uh, what did you guys make of all that? <laughs> um, I just like the only celebrity I knew of the bunch was Nico Tortorella. Yeah. And I'm not even trying to like drag the show or whatever by saying that. It's just like literally, I think I probably knew the Riverdale guy because I watched like a couple episodes once, mm-hmm. but it was worth watching for like Trixie, Bob, and Monet. Yeah. But that's it. <laughs> I feel as though like, and this is no disrespect to Trixie, Bob, and Monet, who I all, who all of whom I love. I just don't know if I'm hankering to see them on my television, being that I am constantly, I, I see Trixie all the time with her Netflix, uh, the, the series that she does with Netflix. I see, I listen to Bob's podcast. Um, Monet was just, Monet's podcast as well. Monet mm-hmm. was just on screen last year. Yeah. I would love to see, there are so many queens from the show's past and or just iconic drag queens that are friends of Ruse or were friends of Ruse. Mm-hmm. Um, that I would love to see this celebrity uh, iteration shine a light on. Cause yeah. I just, that all felt a little bit yucky to me, especially the reports came out that Chanel and Layla McQueen and Mayhem Miller had done the makeup for yeah. the three contest the three celebrity contestants and using mm-hmm. air quotes. Um, and it's just like such, it's so sad to think that like these three really talented girls were like, not even just given like five minutes to be like, putting a beat down i just don't right. understand i know especially when this was a full hour and a half episode mm-hmm. it's not like we didn't have time to do that <laughs> that's another thing about like drag race these days it's like we can edit down to an hour episode like we can do it yeah um one thing that you bring up uh about like not seeing of seeing the same queens over and over again. It's so interesting to me that they're not learning their lesson from All-Stars 2 and like the addition of Tatiana being such an exciting choice on that show. And they kind of do a stunty thing in all the All-Stars iterations now, but like we want more. We want more of these queens from like back in the day, like especially to see like how much they've improved. And it'd be such a breath of fresh air to have them, to see them again, like, 10, 9, 8 years after they were actually on the show. Yeah, yeah, I always say to people, it's like, you can, once you appear on the show nowadays, even if you go home first, as has been evidenced the last two seasons, for instance, with Vanjie and then Soju, you are a star if you are cast on this show, period. That mm-hmm. did not used to be the case whatsoever. And there are many queens that are super talented and just don't get their due. And I wish that the show made it more of a moral responsibility to say, we want to lift up all of our girls and not just the girls that might be quote unquote trending. Right. Bring us penetration. (laughs) (laughs) To me, like the most interesting parts of the spinoff are not even the show itself, but like the rollout of it. Uh, I mean, we're yeah. using these three big name queens, but there was very little promotion of them being on it. Like they would be the first episode until like this week uh, leading up to it. Uh, the th- it's like four episodes, I think. E- it sounds like each episode is just going to be its own winner. To me, it would make sense. I'd be more invested if it was like 
like three winners and then they go on and face each other. So I'm like more invested in following the show. Uh, why are we doing this the same night as Drag Race? That's like the big mm-hmm. question. It's like, I kind of feel like we could have Real Housewives of Potomac this and just kind of like put this off for a little bit because we need to be banking content right now. Yeah. So the idea of us sort of just being like, let's pack it even more when we were already dealing with two hours uh, when you count in Untucked. It's yeah. kind of like, this just, it doesn't feel the time to like roll something out fast. It's like, yeah. let's, you know, stretch things out. I would look there. Do you think they're rushing it because maybe this show was always slated to be on VH1 before they made the decision to move all stars to showtime. So they had to like push it out now before the show moved to showtime. Do you think that could be like one of the things? I mean, the showtime thing though, seems like it's going to be exclusive to all stars. Like, I don't think we're taking the, the rest of the, programming out of vh1 and moving into showtime do you think so i don't know i don't know i have no idea i have a weird feeling and i don't know this at all i feel like the whole thing is like sponsored in a way in a very unique way like Uh i feel like the four episodes of this unique show were purchased because the caliber or lack thereof of celebrity that they got is very specific yeah that like the show knows better than to like Put, seemingly knows better than to put out a show with like this kind of celebrity being that we get these like A-list judges every week yeah. and like mm-hmm. you know so something just feels a little bit like off in terms of the rollout but also the product that was being made just yeah. doesn't have like the luster that it could have well when you mentioned the, the caliber what I thought about this too if we're not leading up to a competition of three winners facing off in a final episode. It doesn't matter what what order they air the episodes. So is this is this it? This is the best the best first episode they had? Yeah. I don't know. I just like don't see where like who else could be the talent for this. I don't know. I'd be interested to see if they are gonna have uh cisgendered female celebrities for one of the like three female uh celebrities for one of the episodes i wouldn't count that out Hmm. like i don't think it's all going to just be men who haven't done drag before interesting yeah uh before we head over to our bravo cinematic universe you already mentioned that podcast that we need to check out anything else that's been like keeping you interested and entertained during quarantine uh yeah so i've been like on a big horror movie kick but like i've been trying to revisit kind of like older horror movies and a big recommendation i just rewatched misery for the first time and i hadn't seen it in a long time and just the structure of the film and sort of like the um impending doom of it all and the build-up mm-hmm. of it all and the performances blah 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 uh that was really really good and then i rewatched the first texas chainsaw massacre oh, wow. and then i went back and watched the new generation with renee zellweger and matthew mcconaughey uh-huh. um and those were really really entertaining so those yeah. and then just i've been binging fashion docs yeah 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 nice. no misery is definitely one i would be interested in i feel like i would always see it growing up on like they would play it on the weekends on like the WB or UPN and I would catch like a half hour of it here, a half hour of it there, but never saw the whole unedited for TV yeah. movie. 
So it's kind of reminds me because like you know how the song the term Stan was derived from the Eminem song. Yeah. It's kind of like the character, Kathy Bates' character in this really is like the OG Stan. For sure. Because this movie is really the story of a Stan that like stand too hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. That'll um, be Dan in a few years with Xtina. Oh my God. <laughs> no, that's Evan before Xtina. <laughs> that's true, yeah. I forgot right. you were all freaks. Yeah. And we're back. We're going to talk about Atlanta, which was one of the strangest Real Housewives of any city, anywhere episode ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, some things that were strange about it were that there were scenes here that seemed like I could not believe they were not just part of the show to begin with, namely the final scene, the, the game night with Yovana kind of just getting called out for making the whole snake gate thing up. Yeah, and like since this is aired, Nini's been going and posting her texts with Yovana and like trying to expose her. So it's like it's now becoming such a big part that I think it will be probably a big part of the reunion. And it's weird that we got it on the tail end of a Secrets Revealed episode. Yeah. Evan, what have you been thinking of Atlanta, especially wrapping up these past few weeks? I haven't been. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I will say this. I'm re-watching Atlanta season five right now. Um, what I would consider like one of the glory seasons of the sure. show. And I'm reminded of just how engaged the women used to be with each other. Sure. And with making this show. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's just, everyone is just a little lazy now in sort of their commitment to being present yeah and it's a shame because the show had like such lightning in a bottle at some at some time and this show because unlike other shows it's it's kept its cast more or less the same Mm -hmm. um i feel like that's to its fault when i used to think that was its virtue yeah uh we got a lot of pairings in the specially shot little update scenes between the women uh, Candy was shot by Todd. Noel shot Cynthia. Um, nobody shot Kenya. We couldn't get little Brooklyn to like hold up a camera, I guess. <laughs> uh, I would say of all the different pairings, the one that seemed the most alive to me were Tanya and Portia. I feel like they're the only duo that like actually likes each other on this yeah. show. And they've I think they've been doing after show together and I think it's like a sisterhood that we could all hope to have. Yeah. Uh I guess I just think about like other because what did they categorize this episode as? Secrets like, Revealed. Secrets, Secrets Revealed. Revealed. So when I think of Secrets Revealed, I mean I immediately think of Roni. And so I always think of like the function of Secrets Revealed as like just bonus hijinks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there was no hijinks in this. So the scenes that they did show, to your point, Dan, they were all kind of like plot driven. Yeah. And I was like, this is a little too, this just feels like deleted scenes that should have been inserted. Whereas, especially on Roni, it's just like, like, oh, you know, here's us just 
doing something silly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, in recent years, Secrets Revealed has been used to show us even more reunion footage as well. Mm. It's almost been like half reunion footage and then just like the hijinks scenes, which is interesting. Um, I thought it was also interesting that we didn't end this episode with next week is the reunion. That they still definitely seem to need to work on that. Yeah. Uh, Can yeah. I ask you both a question about yeah. your, about Atlanta? I know, so realizing that we haven't seen the reunion yet, obviously, what do you both think that the show needs to do going into next season to sort of find some more finesse? I think that we are letting our certain cast members get too big for their britches and they need to be like knocked down a few pegs and it's never going to happen with Nini. I think there's still hope with Kenya. Um, And then we need a little more like fresh energy in there or like, or knock Marlo and Tanya up to peach level. Yeah. No, I mean, I think uh, if we, you can't have both Nini and Kenya. That's just a recipe for disaster. If they both come back, Uh, it's not interesting. Uh, so one of them's got to go. I'd boot Nini, and I think Cynthia needs to just go live in LA because that's what she wants to be doing with her life. So like, go be with Mike Hill. Uh, that I house heard, is so sad, though. That LA house. <laughs> <laughs> I heard rumors that Eva comes big at the reunion, so I'm curious to see how that translates onto the the screen because i don't really want her back next season either i would love a Porsche, marlo tanya kenya if we got to keep her and then like three new women mm-hmm. i think that would be a recipe for like something new i mean like nobody ever thought we would get to the point where we would need a Rony season five style shakeup in Atlanta because Atlanta has always been so strong, but maybe we do. Yeah. I Atlanta just relies so heavily on friends and like outside players all the time that these the women who hold peaches sometimes get so comfortable in like their status yeah. and it's led to them not having to do much to like keep that peach. It feels like to me. Yeah. I'm also just thinking in terms of the re- the reunion coming up, it's like, I don't really feel, and I hate to say this, it's like, it's like one of those times it's like, what do I really want to hash out at the reunion this go round? There really wasn't a, a lot of memorable stuff and a lot of the bigger fights, especially like the Nini Kenya stuff, it's like, you two just don't like each other. So like, right. we don't really need to like, the Jill Bethany, not to go there, but it's like, yeah. part of the reason why we love that so much is because like these women ultimately do, did, love yeah. each other mm-hmm. in this case it's like ladies you're just not this isn't meant to be a friendship yeah and especially like do we like our eyes are tired of watching like glorified zoom calls on our tv it's like we've seen watch happens live every night we've seen every like benefit and like all that kind of stuff and it's like i i, I can't get excited to watch like the women of real houses atlanta zoom no, because it's so, the reunions are so, reunion, it's such a hard yeah. to say. They're so specifically about aesthetics, mm-hmm. both hair, the makeup, the glam, the couch, the background. Especially Andy. Atlanta, especially yeah, Atlanta. exactly. So for me personally, I, I wish that they would have waited 
and just I sort of resumed resumed <laughs> <laughs> just because I feel like with more time in between maybe something else could happen in real life that could be actually brought up at the reunion yeah I, I'm kind of glad they're just getting it over with it's putting this not good season to bed you know so yeah. like whatever transpires between now and when life gets back to normal for them and they could film hopefully time and space helps them more than anything uh yeah i don't know i also would just like love to see a good man come to atlanta because (laughs) you know we talk about chris samuels or how other men are they're few and far between but there are good men on other franchises and it's just like i look at these men on atlanta particularly porsche's dennis yeah and i'm just like you deserve so much more than this and it's just hard to watch sometimes yeah well, Marlo had Ted Turner, allegedly. <laughs> that's true. Uh, that's actually a good transition point to this week's episode of Beverly Hills, where the men were pretty heavily featured. <laughs> oh, were they ever? Uh, Beverly Hills, this was the third episode, I think. Evan, how have you been enjoying this season thus far? My seatbelt is definitely buckled. Yeah. Um, I think you said it last week on the show where you said you thought it might be like a really great premiere and then yeah. things might sort of, that might've been uh, false expectations built, but they kept things alive episode two and it happened again with episode three. Yeah. It just, there's a obvious renewed energy about the editing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, at first I thought it was like, wow, the women are really coming to play and they are. Sure. But the editing is just so swift and breezy yeah mm-hmm. um the fashions are better everyone's kind of leaning into their quote-unquote character more yep. um rinna's hair and the zebra print print rachel zoe suit <laughs> like this episode against kyle's awful black and white tile floor it's like um just images like that it's like it's like the show and even uh garcelle coming in with the tool yeah mm-hmm. and kyle going under it like little moments like that um <laughs> There's just, the show's really fun. And, yeah. and it feels like I'm reminded that they actually do like each other sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. The dinner party especially, and we'll get to it, but the dinner party for me, it was like, okay, some of these women have really come to play. Like watching the row that was Garcelle, Rinna, and Erica react to things. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, these these women are prepared for whatever is going to happen during this. And I yeah. like that for them. For sure. Uh before we get to that dinner party uh, from heaven, uh, we got Erica practicing for Chicago, and Alex noticed this while we were watching. The vocal coach was the same vocal coach that Ashley Simpson used during the Ashley Simpson reality show back on MTV, which is interesting because Ashley Simpson played the same role in Chicago. Wild. That also is like a detail that only Alex Hurst would yes. be able to pinpoint <laughs> and find out. For sure. He's uh, been going he's been going on some psycho Twitter rants and threads these days. <laughs> His defense of Teddy Joe today was oh. <laughs> particularly unhinged. I, I, I mean maybe it's just because like how many 
people do I have to interact with? But like, he's convincing me, I think. <laughs> I know, that's what I, I always say this, like your home, the way you two get in each other's brains <laughs> becomes so psychotic and you convince, you convince each other to stand like the weirdest shit. Yeah. But that's why we like you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, well, speaking of Teddy Joe, that dinner or drinks or whatever it was of Sutton, Rinna, and Teddy. First of all, I was paying major attention to the drink orders because both Rinna and Sutton ordered iced teas. Oh no, both sorry, both Rinna and Teddy ordered iced teas. Then yeah. Sutton ordered a kettle, a kettle vodka on. on the rocks, kettle on the rocks with a lemonade. And yeah. I never got to see how she ended up going about that. You know, I would have yeah. loved to see how much she mixed, like what happened. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I Sutton. The reaction to her online has been a little mixed. Uh, I think she is what is helping this show. Yeah, I mean, this is the Sutton show. Yeah. I mean, we need, like, chaotic energy. We need people who are not afraid to say the wrong thing on camera. I Uh, mean, let's think back to the original Dinner Party from Hell. Yeah. And, like... Alison Dubois was the perfect shit stirrer. And now we have an Alison Dubois who seems to be around for the entire season. Yeah. In a lot of ways. I know. It's just like, it's so interesting that she did not get a diamond. It's really interesting. But it, it's interesting too, like watching her infiltrate this group so seamlessly. Yeah. Um, because she, I still am not quite clear on like how she came into the fold because. Even in the past when it's a fake person that has no connection, they tend to find some sort of way. I mean, I think about like how Heather Dubrow was looking for a house and Tamara Mm -hmm. was realtor. Like they'll find some sort of, and with Sutton, she's just kind of appeared. And yet Rinna has made several comments in the confessionals. She'll be like, Sutton's just kind of this way. And I'm like, are you saying that from experience or like, because you're just picking that up right now? It sounded like, like she was introduced as like a friend of a friend of Rinna, which yeah. is like fine. But right. like, yeah, you're right. It's like, it's one of the weaker connections yeah. that we've had coming loved in. Loved her home though. Love the cat in the bookshelf. I <sighs> love seeing a real housewife with a cat besides Dina. She is, she is two. Yeah. Yeah. Representation. And they're both named, they're both named something like Dolce Some... & Gabbana or like something. <laughs> oh like my that. God. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, but no, I mean, to your point about her being so polarizing, it's like, we're talking about her. Like, yeah. we couldn't be talking about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills right now without talking about her. And meanwhile, it's like, think about Elise over on Roni, mm-hmm. whimper. So I think there's something to be said about the fact that even if you hate her, that's kind of the point. Yeah, and yeah. That you're, that you're hating her means she's a good addition to the show. Yeah, it seems that the conversation online, like last week was like, hate, hate, hate. This week has been like, she's not great as a person, but like we appreciate what she's bringing to the show. Yeah. I don't, I don't get the people who watch, who like want to be friends with everyone. Totally. Like, what do you, do you just want friends? Also to Sutton's credit, she makes that comment at the table when Denise calls her nice or something. And she like stops and she's like, I'm not nice. And I, I like, I respect that quality in a person. I mean, obviously it would, I I like nice people, but I at least appreciate someone being able to know kind of who they are and not bullshit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of these women that think they're no bullshitters 
kind of our bullshitters often and sure. we catch it on camera. Sutton feels real. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Rena and Sutton, we got like a flashback scene of the two of them and it said three months earlier, which I think goes to my theory of, I, I, we were talking about them filming the show, how it felt like they had been filming it forever. And I am convinced that they just filmed months of like hanging out nonsense, like, and nothing happened. So I've been following you guys talking about it and, and it is really interesting, right? And we're seeing Sutton so much. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. And you brought up the fact that Garcelle was brought in very late in filming. Yeah. And so my guess is based off of just what we've seen, I think that it was the originally Sutton had Garcelle's seat. Okay. They announced Garcelle. It mm. received so much traction within the press yeah. and so mm. many conversations that they realized they needed to bump that Garcelle mm. needed that seat. Um, Cause I would assume that Garcelle might've been brought in originally as a friend of what's okay. odd is that why can't they both and just have a Roni season seven moment. Yeah. Um, but I feel like, is, is there an example of any cast of eight besides Roni season seven? No, it's no. one and only. So, yeah. I feel like there's, they have some averse. That's a, kind of like, why can't Marlo be, you know, it's like, yeah. they don't. Well, know. the thing with Sutton that people are saying is that like she, or she's even saying is that, she was supposed to have a diamond, but then her ex-husband was like, no, you can't film the kids. But we've never and seen Quincy Adams Morgan. Like, who cares? I know, but that was a different era when Sonia was added, you know? Yeah. And a different production company. So I think, like, Evolution loves uh, Brandy, seeing... Brandy Glanville. We saw her kids at the beginning. Yeah. They I peed guess... on Adrian's lawn. And then eventually we uh, didn't see them anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You make some valid points. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying what Sutton said. Yeah. I think it's exciting to be this excited about Beverly Hills right now because I, I haven't felt this way about being just like so engaged. And also, to Brendan, you brought up like the, the line. It was like Garcelle, er- Rita and Erica sitting there and just their reaction shots. And then you had like the reaction shots of Faye Resnick this week. And there were like mm-hmm. moments that were like just comedic. And Beverly Hills doesn't air on the side of comedic often. Yeah. The Speaking on that, when Teddy was walking back into the room and it was just her footsteps, it was like <laughs> one of those, it was one of those edits that people do of Wendy Williams on YouTube where it's like, they just have her footsteps walking into the room. It was like, I could have sworn the, whoever edited those videos went on to now edit Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Yeah. And we appreciate uh, their service. <laughs> I totally. would say one of the most improved cast members this season is Erica Jane. Like, it seems like she woke up. Yeah, 1,000%. I agree. Her and Rinna coming into, driving into the party, and they had both been drinking in, like, the SUV. Yeah. And then they're, like, considering bringing the bottle of alcohol into the... uh into the house. I thought that was like a fun, great moment between like two legends who one has been awake and then one woke back up. Yeah. I also think we're experiencing the beginning of the beginnings of the Dorita songs. Oh yeah. And Mm -hmm. I think when they did that flashback to her first season, just the physical glow up of it all. Mm. It's like, I forgot that there existed this other Dorit on the show early on. It's like, we've really watched her, again, grow into the character, yeah, which right. is, and it's not, that's not even a read. It's actually sort of an interesting phenomenon of reality TV, but it's like Dorit is finally assuming the role of Dorit. 
yeah. in a way mm-hmm. that's so enjoyable. Uh, you are reminding me uh, about Dorit. One of her major plot points so far this season was the helping Kyle out for Kyle's fashion show. And we have neglected to mention that you were in that very episode. I, oh, yeah, yeah, I went backstage. Us, tell us everything, please. So Rinna reached out to me yeah. before that episode. It was like, you have to come to this. Um, and I had no, and, and then she told me that they were filming, but I didn't, I didn't really know whether they were going to be in the audience or walking. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that Rinna would be walking. Yeah. Um, and then I get there and like, what's funny is like, I get really excited about these, just being in a room with these women. It's electric. Yeah. You've mm-hmm. both been in rooms with them, yeah. you know? And so it's like, part of me wants to just act like I'm a journalist and like, mm-hmm. whatever, but like, fuck it. I was losing my mind. So actually there's a video of me filming Dorit mm-hmm. and I'm like super unwell. And I'm just like being like, yes, Siri. <laughs> like I'm like, you know, just really like living my best and most unwell life. But yeah. it was just one of a really thrilling moment. And that was the day I went backstage and met Rena in person for the first time. But the energy there was like full house. People were really excited there was, and honestly, to Kyle and Shahida's credit, there yeah. is so many items in that collection that I think are viable. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Wait, so being in the room, um, did you get a sense that Garcelle and Sutton were filming for the show? Like, did you get vibes from that or yeah. whatever? Yeah. And also, like, because we, we there was like a whole crane shot and everything and we watched them like they walked in originally without the cameras and then we watched them make a second entrance like with cameras garcelle and sutton um yeah. yeah did you get a sense that we were all so happy that day and it's actually <laughs> difficult to think about how terrible things would soon become. I will say and I'll put this on the come through queen facebook page I have a picture of the five women outside on the curb, sitting on the curb yeah. after the show, waiting for their car. Oh my and God. And they did genuinely seem <laughs> happy. <laughs> and I remember thinking like, wow, they're being like really like chill and like they're coalescing mm-hmm. as like the unit I want them to be. Sure. So, yeah. Wow. That clip, that clip from, I, I hate on Kyle all the time, but that clip in this quarantine has become one of my favorite fucking things <laughs> in the world. It's the, they chose to freeze on the exact correct moment oh and then going God. to white out was the perfect. Yeah. It's so good. It's like, <laughs> it is like one of the most iconic moments, I think, in like Housewives yeah. history. Uh, Which I, I hate to give it to Kyle. I hate to give it to her. <laughs> but it's, it's really the editors that like made that magic happen. You know, the freeze frame and everything. How are we feeling about Mauricio? Zaddy or whatever. I don't know. What are the kids <laughs> saying? <laughs> um, or do you think they're editing him in a particular way? Like always focusing in, in on him smoking pot or like partying to like <laughs> later show us something dark? Oh, that's interesting. Oh. It like, it crossed my mind. I guess I was just wondering why is he in a towel when like, all, there's all this staff around and there's a yeah. camera crew and it's like he would have had to be in the shower upstairs and come downstairs in that towel and it's like throw on some clothes Maria. Yeah. maybe they have an outdoor shower or something yeah he'd be the type to use it when people are there i mean it's it's them leaning into like mauricio is the hottest housewife thing <laughs> yeah 
which I think they felt threatened by Aaron last season, but like now that's all washed on the train. Completely, <laughs> completely. I, I was surprised that Kim wasn't at this dinner though. I thought this would have been a great Kim moment being that it was like a safe space for her. Well, mm. I mean, if we, the preview for next week says anything, Kim being brought up by Renna, my God. Yeah. Like I nearly like threw my drink on the floor. <laughs> I was like, what is going, like Renna is here to play. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but this party, she she shows up with, with Erica, uh, Teddy Joe, and her husband, B. Dorit, despite the fact that Dorit lives around the block. Uh, Wait, that shot that they did? Yeah. Of like the Zoom footage, or not Zoom, but like the sped up footage yeah. of Dorit's home over to there was just really cinematic. I know, more like examples of like the fun editing going on also dorit is basically living in one of the vanderpump rules kids houses it's like the exact same design and outside and everything yeah uh sun bringing the fireball was with a little bow on it was a little surprising to see a very like carol radzowell moment like it's like she surprises me sometimes i mean i guess that's the only time so far so she's she surprised me (laughs) uh the lady sitter is present I cannot believe that is still his Instagram handle, by the way. I mean, like, you you got a brand, you got to stick to it. But he's got, like, a fucking career on E, like, the next Ryan Seacrest, and he's still going by the lady sitter on Instagram. Mm. He gave a great performance. He's great. No, I, like, I support. I just think he needs to rebrand. Okay. I loved Sutton freaking out about the name tags and where everyone's going to sit. And she did get fucked over with sitting next to Teddy. I think... I'm on her side with this. Like, if you have a dinner party with that many people, it's a nightmare to try to just, like, plop down, right? Well, not only that, but, like, we're, we're filming a show here. Like, the people who need to be having conversations with each other need to be sitting next to each other. Right. Like, the, the men do need to be pushed to the end of the table. Like that. I think it's just more like Sutton's approach to it yeah. is a little um direct in a sense but mm-hmm. i do want to credit uh erica in the confessional she said something that i thought was really interesting because i i kept expecting erica to be shady about sutton but what she said is like i've met women like sutton mm-hmm. and to a woman like sutton yeah having something like a place card or it might have been rena that said this actually yeah. and having that is really important to them yeah in that comment it was like i was waiting for like the jab but it was like no it's basically just saying there is a kind of person yeah. is really important and they exist and and it's true it's like there are people that this sort of um echelon of living and mm-hmm. and all that comes with that the accoutrements are very important to them and i don't hate it yeah uh but they could have you know manners or so yeah <laughs> the game <laughs> <laughs> first impressions and like first impressions and now what you think of the person yeah. Is that was that the the rules of the game? I would want to to contrast that with the Roni game, where it's like Ramona's just like tell us a traumatic story. Yeah, <laughs> right. If they if I were at a dinner party where people were like, let's do first impressions and like what I think now, I would walk out. No, the I'm not <laughs> fucking playing that. Hell no. Well, then you're not going to be holding a diamond, Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather go tell a traumatic story over in at that vineyard in Roni. Yeah. yeah. Uh. I mean, it's really all about Sutton. Like, she's the one who fucked the game up uh, or played it right. Play, I think she's the one who played it right. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, Teddy is like, is in like her Watch Happens Live and tweets and stuff like that is saying like what set her off is not the boring part, but, but when Sutton like kind of says, well, I thought you were boring and oh God, she's pregnant. Like the, the oh God, she's pregnant thing is what apparently <laughs> set her for a loop. Which like Teddy log out. Now, I do think I do think Sutton was a little out of pocket with that comment just oh, yeah. because the intonation was clear that it was like mom suck. Yeah. Um, but I still feel like I'm never going to have the breath to argue even for or against Teddy. It's just she just doesn't fit on this show. Yeah. Also, like to Sutton's credit, when we watch Housewives and we realize oh. that Housewife is pregnant, we're like, ugh. We're like, oh no. Totally. <laughs> And I mean, like Sutton is a mother, so it's not like she's being completely awful. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean to like defend Sutton to the grave, but maybe that's my stance of the world. Yeah. Um, one thing that happened during that all that reminded me of like season was it season three? Remember when um Adrian Malouf kept on being like, "Oh, she's crying. Oh, she's crying yeah. about yeah. Kim," and we were all so mad at Adrian Malouf. But at this dinner. Almost every woman around the table kept on you know, going, she's crying, she's crying. <laughs> yeah. Big Maloof energy. Uh, okay, so then like we turn that game into the game of men, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> and when we land on Aaron, holy shit. I mean, he looked like he like kind of rolled out of bed like didn't like iron his shirt like hair all tussled and like with that like expression on his face uh so he he says since sound can split an atom what like what are the pharmaceutical companies not telling us i felt like residual discomfort for yeah. all in attendance. For sure. And then I felt bad for Mauricio, who was like trying to be like his bro in that moment. Yeah. But was also clearly like, this is like cringe. Literally, oh. like, it reminded me of conversations I've had with like drunk relatives talking about politics where I'm just like, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. And I'm like playing the Mauricio part. Sometimes there has to be someone to play the part. To me, it's, it sounded like he was, it seemed like he was high and like, interested in what Aaron was trying to say. <laughs> He's like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> um, but like the whole, like Denise, like hitting him to tell him, like stop, like enough, enough. People are, and then the, like the clip package of them being followed. <laughs> it's just strange because, I mean, there's many strange things about Denise and, and all of this, but yeah. if you feel as though you're being followed, I would think that being on a reality television show would probably, and all that comes with that, you know, like yeah. the cameras and, and the attention and, and the headlines, I would think that that would kind of go against the life you'd want to live, which would kind of be out of the spotlight because yeah. it's just like, she's, if, again, even if she is being followed, which even talking about this is like, this is so bizarre. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's, it's just so strange. It's so strange. I yeah. love it. Also, like, another thing my mind jumps to is, like, maybe you're being followed because you've been very famous for three decades. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't remember who brought up Yolanda Foster, but I believe it was Erica Jane who corrected it as Yolanda Hadid. Which Yolanda Hadid has been doing in Instagram comments this week, which is very interesting. <laughs> yeah. I saw her jump into the L-U-K Instagram comments. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correcting them when they called her Foster. Uh, speaking of like that whole stuff with a baby, we got a flashback of Teddy's baby gender because of, co- of course Teddy would do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then like the party kind of ends and I feel like a lot of this with Kyle, like Kyle having fun always feels so performative. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, she's rolling on the floor and it doesn't feel like we're rolling on the floor in New York, you know? Right. And like Faye playing along, like I've seen this game on her Instagram stories before. Yeah. It's always the same deal. It's like the three of them and whatever random people, the lady sitter was probably still around doing shots. Sure. I just imagine them sitting around and watching the footage of all the New York women drunk at the Berkshires. Yeah. And just like sort of like taking notes and being like, we need to like duplicate this, but better. Yeah. While remaining, like, mostly sober. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's take a quick break. Can Uh, I just say, mention one last thing about Beverly Hills? Oh, sure, I do just want to mention Watch What Happens Live with Garcelle real quick, because, and now this week Kyle has responded. Yeah. I'm not into this, and I feel like it was, I feel like this was a very manipulated, uh, multi-pronged plan, which was that, like, Andy would ask questions and I think that she had a, a target in mind going into the line of questioning because, like, there was going to be one, like, she wanted to have it be just one person. Yeah. I think it just happened to be Kyle because that was sort of, like, who the name came up as. Sure. And now with Kyle responding, and then Kyle said, this is, I, I had no idea that she had anything against me. This clearly will need to be brought up at the reunion. Oh, God. And in my mind, I'm just kind of like, so what you're saying is you guys have no beef whatsoever, and one has all of a sudden, off camera, manifested itself, and we're going to need to resolve that? I'm so not interested. Right. Yeah. Especially, we're too early to be talking about reunion. That's like, you're breaking rules right now. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we're three episodes in. Um, But let's take a quick break. Uh, and we'll be right back. And we are back with Brendan and I to talk about Vanderpump Rules. Yes, I like this episode. I was enjoying this episode compared to previous episodes. Uh, I think you might have been alone on that feeling online. Maybe online, but in my um, group chat that I have called Pose SMS... We were okay. loving the episode as a group. Wow. I mean, you're excited for Stassi to get engaged. I thought Honey Mustard Girl had a vendetta against Stassi. And I've said it on this show. I don't care what the fuck Honey says about Stassi. Okay. Honey's behavior, or Stassi's behavior towards Honey makes me like Stassi better. Mm, I said okay. that before. Sure. Okay. Uh, let's get into... Her making up to Bo the morning after freaking out with some cacio e pepe macaroni and cheese. So I feel like this is going to put, this is going to make you think less of cacio e pepe because this seemed relatively easy. When you're actually making cacio e pepe, it's an art. Mm. It made me think just what I thought of cacio and pepe. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's, that, it's sullying the amazing ditch that is cacio e pepe. 
by sure. just presenting it as mac and cheese with pepper. Yeah. Which it is. I mean, I mean, and I guess like you could prevent it in that decorative golden bowl that he was eating in out of as well. <laughs> I know. Uh, that looked like not a piece of dining ware. I know. It looked like a decorative bowl that you would put some like lemons in. Yeah. Speaking of which, did you see Shannon Bedore pop up on Watch Robins Live last night? Loved seeing her. Yeah. Is she, is she the only person who, on OC, who... Is taking quarantine seriously? Yeah. Most likely. Probably Bronwyn, too, but definitely Shannon is. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay. Uh, James is hanging out with, like, the Toms and... James, I've never seen him happier to be included. He finally got a fucking call sheet this season, and he's ecstatic. It's it's funny how Raquel is not over. Because, <laughs> like, she's been gracious enough to film scenes with him for all season. I know. And, like, we couldn't get her to come over, too. Uh, okay. Should we talk about the like the mausoleum shopping? Is that what we're, that we're billing this as? Like they're pretending to go mausoleum shopping? Well, it was, that's how they planned it so that Stassi would go along, I guess. I but, bet you the producers were talking to Bo and the producers were like, they were talking about different ideas and the producers probably were like, what if we did something like mausoleum shopping? Like that would totally be a fun scene for you guys to film. And Stassi was probably all about it because she like loves death and ranch. Okay. So the way you're talking about this makes it sound like you think Stassi was not involved in the production of this engagement. I don't think she was. Okay. The discussion that happens later of like Katie telling Stassi, like wear your ghost dress to to this Mm kind of made me think like either you knew and you're just like playing along and acting right now or like, Katie telling you to wear something to this thing to me would be a, like a, a trigger if I'm her. I, I don't know. But if they're like talking about mausoleum shopping, like, haha, it's funny if you wear your ghost dress. Cause if we have this joke about like the ghost dress being what you would wear, if you were haunting people, it would be appropriate to do it for this scene. Oh, okay. I mean, you're, you just want to like believe in the, the good of reality t- television, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm obviously, it's obviously all planned out by producers, but I do think that like with something like an engagement like this, they would make it as genuine as possible. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Bo's, Bo being like, oh, is that, is that an urn? Is that a bell? And like making her pick up, like, what did you make of the whole actual proposal? I mean, Bo's an actor, and that was some good Aspiring. Yeah. I thought for a proposal in a cemetery, it was too sunny. That's my only critique. So it should have been at nighttime or like a rainy day? It should have been like at sunset. Mm -hmm. But then you don't get to have the sunset dinner. So Yeah, the surprise dinner. You win some, you lose some. Okay. Uh, Katie and Lala, Stassi's two best friends, (laughs) are over at uh, LVP's getting everything ready. Mm-hmm. And LVP's still Lala's employer, right? Or no? Does she still work there? No, I don't even no. remember. <laughs> Lala, Lala is a volunteer of Vanderpump Dogs. Okay, so then I don't feel quite as bad as her lifting up her dress to show her butt I mean, in Lisa's kitchen. She is her employer in terms of 
Lisa being an executive producer of the show. Yeah, but that's kind of different given like it's a TV show. So mm. like you can get away with more. But if like she was still her employer at the restaurant, it would have been different. Yeah. Okay. Lala calling duty to Lala, essentially yell at duty. Lala is a shit stain for this. This was so mean. It like broke my heart. Yeah, and it did it look like Carter was filming duty on a iPhone? <laughs> Wasn't the quality a little different? Did you think we were already like in lockdown? <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I feel like sometimes when emergencies like maybe they weren't planning on having Kristen even be a part of the scene it felt like a different quality in video I I my brain didn't like put those things together but I definitely definitely noticed the drop in quality Mm -hmm. like something was a mess yeah or maybe they're just purposely making Kristen's look low quality (laughs) (laughs) I think like the cardboard boxes and the paper bags strewn about yeah um yeah i mean this was just mean and like so uncalled for and like i haven't liked lala in a while she's lost all her luster for me and this made her even worse in my brain sure uh now this was really strange like the setup of how everyone was convinced to like be available and then come over to Lisa's, but they don't know it's their engagement. Yeah, that was a little more sus to me, but like- Like I Katie did... texting everyone like, uh, come to Lisa's now. Well, yeah, I mean, it sounded like there was a whole setup where like Tom was planning the seven course meal. Yeah. And like, that was, that w- explanation was the first time I have found Tom Schwartz like funny or charming in seasons oh you did hmm. you were just like enamored by this episode huh i'm i'm allowed to like a television show don't like flame me for it bitch. no you are you are <laughs> okay i just don't see 36 year olds if they are still friends i don't remember what that means oh i know what it was um Lala said something about how people who are 36 shouldn't be saying stuff like, will you still be my friend? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. About Kristen and Stop, or Kristen and Bo. Yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah. She was referring to the fight. Yeah. I guess after 35, you just like lose friends, all of your friends. Yeah. Oh, I could <laughs> confirm. Okay. Uh, everyone's there. Uh, oh, no. Carter texts Bo. Which come like car- Bo brings it up to Stasi. Oh yeah, in the car on the way there. Yeah, uh, Carter texted Bo and said, um, "Kristen was the one who set you up. You guys are being assholes towards her. Like she owes, like you owe her an apology or something like that." Yeah, but like you know who's the bad guy here for real? Bo for telling Stasi. True. You shouldn't get her worked up like right before your engagement party. You idiot. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, LVP explaining to the Schroeder extended family, like how a surprise works. I loved it. And they (laughs) didn't really, I mean, like they were confused even when they tried to walk out. Uh, I mean, to me, like maybe she confused them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, It was interesting seeing the mom and dad, with the stepmom in the situation. 
That yeah, was his stepmom, right? I have well, no, she is she is actually the dad's fiance. So isn't that interesting that he's engaged while she is now engaged yeah. as well? I could see it on the mom the mom who was an awful person. I could see it on her face that she was uncomfortable, like standing all together, clumped up with them. Well, I have a few questions. Like, have they been divorced all this time? I feel like they were together near the beginning of Vanderbilt Pools, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't even know, like or maybe not. Last time we saw Dana last year, like, were they not together? I think they've not been together for a little bit. Um, and Dana's, like, kind of become more and more of a monster as time goes on. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they've been separated this entire time. I could be just, like, remembering incorrectly. Yeah. I, in my brain, like, I remember there being a scene of the two of them together. Or maybe I'm just dreaming. I feel like I feel like they met. Jacks for a lunch or dinner when they were still together, like first season. Yeah, I could be wrong though. Yeah. Also, like the future stepmom, kind of like living for the applause and the camera, like being the first to jump out. Like she Good. jumped out ahead of Dana. Good. That's so bad. You got to get your camera time. You got to know your role. <laughs> got to get your. No. Nope. Not on this show. You got to get your camera time. Camera time is more important than family family dynamics. Wow. Did we know about Hunter Schroeder? Is that another brother? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we did. He's been like, well, like Nikolai's always been the star, but like Hunter has been mentioned or been around when we go to Arrowhead or whatever. Yeah. Hunter probably like was in the Amazing Race season with Saucy. Yeah, definitely. And not Nikolai, because Nikolai would have been like a baby. I don't even think Nikolai was born yet. No, he probably was born. He's 15 now. He might not have been born. Oh, wow. I think they might have done it in like 2003, 2004. While she was 15? Yeah, she was young, because then after that, she got her chin implant, and she went on to do that other reality show. Oh, yeah. And that's when she was like still in high school, I want to say. Wow. Okay, I did love... (laughs) <laughs> the empty chair for Kristen in the editing some fun editing with the help of Ariana, Ariana. Kristen like screaming because she can't hear because of her small ear canal <laughs> I've, I've never I don't think I've ever noticed the small ear canal thing until <laughs> last night and I was obsessed with it or two nights ago rather yeah Ugh. Uh, we got Sheena hitting on Nikolai that was funny. It I mean, wasn't. She, re- she wasn't really hitting on. They just like did her dirty with editing. I, she was asking kind of normal questions that you would ask to like a child. Yeah. It was like, do you have a girlfriend? But wow, even, you've gotten really tall since the last time I saw you. Like that's it, not that weird to say. But even in her talking head, when she's like, "How young would I go?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. Her even Sheena going saying that 21 she would go for is like wild wild because she's what age as a middle-aged woman <laughs> going for a 21 year old i don't know stasi announcing the next morning after the party like to Bo, what she and him are going to do for their wedding good like she knows what she wants we're getting married in italy like it's gonna be this it's gonna be that is does Bo not have a, a role in this? He, his role is to listen to his soon-to-be wife and her preferences, right? Oh, okay. But like, 
Does he get to even like say an idea? I, yeah, but I feel like in a lot of het relationships, this is kind of how it goes. And like het marriages. Yeah, that's just so sad. I know, but it's like, it's like all going into the patriarchy and this is like how, this is how the world has decided the rules are going to be for heterosexual people. It's not even like, I, I would just be, even if I was Stasi, I would just be curious, like, what do you think? I don't think Stasi's considering other people's feelings a lot. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Jackson and Brittany going over to Duty's house. And he is going there to cut the grass, not to talk to Duty. <laughs> and, like, he's explaining how she got the wrong kind of grass. Yeah. For the region. Sure. Though it looked like nice grass. But also, I'm sure she, she did not get that grass, you know? It, was it probably, probably came with the house, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. We learned that Carter picked up the dogs because she didn't have the right energy for the dogs. But, like, she was saying how these dogs were, like, for her emotional well-being, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, isn't that the point of them? Like, if she's in distress, they're supposed to help her? And We've definitely seen her... In the bed, laying down with the dogs surrounding her, like eating out of like an ice cream bowl with them. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting. Uh, it was funny that she admitted that she kind of swooned over Carter's text message, even though it was she admitted it was not the right time. I mean, she's human. Yeah. Oh, can we talk about something for a second? Sure. There was controversy that came up online, not controversy, but my sister texted me earlier this week saying that she was listening to a different podcast and the host of that podcast said that Carter was 47 years old. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I went and did a little research and there is somebody named Brian Carter who has a Wikipedia page and oh. he does like... He does like similar things to Carter, like so you and he like works in Hollywood, so you might think that it's Carter's forty-seven years old, but I'm pretty sure, and I'm debunking that person on this podcast. Carter's not forty-seven. There's he's like n- there's he's like no thirty-six, way. thirty-seven. Yeah, there's no way. <laughs> I mean, if you Google Ken Todd, like something comes up of him, like being like. 60 or something and he is not a 60 year old man like lisa's talked about him being like significantly older than him older than her uh wow yeah carter's not 47 (laughs) (laughs) okay shall we move over to the softball game yes which usually i hate something like this and i thought i was gonna dread it but like i said and i know that i don't know where why i was so happy on tuesday night but i really liked this episode and a big part of it was because it felt like we got good moments with each of the new cast members during the softball game. Is it, or were you happy because you had off the next day? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. That's a just, good point. You were just like in a good mood. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't feeling the constant dread of like having to wake up and take meetings from my couch. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Lisa just like is excited to show up to every, any and everything. I love it. Yeah. Also, just like the way that they decided these teams with these people who no longer work at these restaurants, like I was in love with for some reason. But there were also people who seemingly work at the restaurants, like the nameless ones. There were some randos there that would get like a little name card every once in a while. And they were like all very happy to be guaranteed some screen time. I know. 
But like, I feel like we got moments with Charlie. We got moments with Danica. We got moments with Dana. Like people we don't see enough. We like got to land on them for a little bit during this episode. And then we found out that Sheena Shea's great aunt was the inspiration for League of Their Own. Grandmother. Grandmother. I thought it was, I thought she said great aunt. No. She was a peach. She was a Rockford peach. Okay. I don't uh, who wins? Sir wins. When Ariana smashed her face with a baseball bat. It was like a horror movie. <laughs> Have you ever done something like that? Just like so, just like out of the blue and like it just gone wrong? Oh, I feel like I do something like that once a week. Right. Like it's just a way of life. It's just like something random because you're doing because like it's like haha fun funny and then it just like goes haywire. It's yeah. like kind of like the time I jumped the turnstile at um, the night we Williamsburg. met. <laughs> <laughs> the night we met and I got a ticket. Wow. Yeah. That was a good memory. <laughs> Could have swiped through. That was like the day before Easter, I think. I know. Yeah, it was. You had like a goddamn unlimited Metro card and you hopped the turnstile. I was just like feeling the night, you know? Feel, I woke up oats. on the Upper East Side the next morning. With a, with a summons in your pocket. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Not a summons, just a ticket. Yeah. Okay. I hope my mom doesn't listen to this shit. Oh, well. <laughs> Did you tell her about this? Maybe. I think you did. Mom, it was like, if you're listening, it was literally nine years ago. (laughs) So. (laughs) Okay. Let's head on over to my favorite show, Summer House. (laughs) I think it's like, it's having its moment right now. And it's like everyone's favorite show. I think the reason I'm so into it this moment is like, it feels like real life. Where the other shows don't. Yeah. Like it like it reminds me of like Summer. how our lives used to be, you know? And it's also like we're maybe not even gonna have a summer this year. So it's like we're living vicariously through. And I, as someone who hates summer. Yeah. Um I really was thinking about this earlier and I was like, I wish they would just like go through all of the footage that landed on the cutting room floor from Summer House and just give us like Four more episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to us. Wow. Okay. So we were waking up to the morning after Jules and, no, Hannah and Luke's loud session, which was initially blamed on Jules and Carl. It was not only blamed on Jules and Carl, but everyone was like, Jules and Carl are having sex with the door open. Which is the funniest idea. (laughs) Which then we find out that Luke and Hannah had sex with the door closed, but they were still that loud. Yeah. Love it. Amanda and Paige losing their minds in the morning. (laughs) Like, they were running around the house, like, didn't know what to do with themselves. It was so psychotic. They were outside, like, the fight that they all had outside on the pool chairs, <sighs> just, like, Jules, like, not Jules, Paige, like, breaking down, having a meltdown. Hubs having to come in with her glass of morning rosé <laughs> and bring Hannah to the driveway for some therapy. But what, what Hannah says before she gets pulled away, just, like, really summed it up so much, was Hannah said to to Paige, you miss me, and to 
Amanda, and you don't like what's going on with you and Kyle. <laughs> and the two of them were just like, <sighs> yeah, someone, I read a theory, someone wrote online, like, Amanda is so upset because her relationship with Kyle started as a one night stand and he never really like gave her, or not a one night stand, but like a friends with benefits. Yeah. And he never really gave her like the time of the day or took it seriously and what's happening with luke and hannah is actually the opposite in a lot of ways like luke didn't want to have sex with hannah because he had feelings so he didn't want to like ruin anything yeah it's an interesting way to look at it i can't take credit for that theory myself wow no but i'm glad you're bringing that theory to us all yeah and i mean like I like Hannah and Paige a lot, but I do think that like some of their reaction to the situation is borderline ridiculous. They looked so bad. And I think Paige admitted on the Giggly Squad last night that she was like dreading this mm-hmm. episode. I So the Giggly Squad, for those who don't know, <laughs> is every night Hannah and Paige do an Instagram Live and it gets a ton of viewers. Like yeah. last night we, I was watching and it was like near 4,000 viewers. Sure. Which for Instagram live is a lot. Yeah. Um, Instagram live for like a reality celebrity is a lot. If it was like Katy Perry or like Ariana Grande, it'd be a different story, sure. but they are in desperate need of a rebrand. I hate the giggly squad. Why? It's like, they're, it's so corny and they're like, Paige isn't, there's not corny people. I mean, Hannah's kind of corny, but like... I know, but like the two of them together are corny. I know, but like not this kind of corny. Okay. Yeah. When <laughs> when Paige like calls Perry and she's like, pick me up. Like she's at like a sleepover in middle school and wants to go home. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so speak of the devil, literally speak of the devil. Alex, fiance to the show, just sent a text message. Yeah. That's a screenshot of a Facebook group called Giggly Squad. It looks <gasps> to be an official Facebook group Ooh. for them. And it for has Giggler's? 5,877 members. Which isn't even that much considering like 4,000 people were watching it last night. I know, but if you think about it, they haven't been doing these Instagram lives like for all that long. Sure. So for them to amass that amount of people in this short amount of time, yeah, good for them. I mean, like, look at Come Through Queen Facebook group. Look at it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So about Lindsay, like, had the biggest smile on her face this whole morning. Like, this is what she wanted. So I feel like we're finally getting justice for Lindsay a little bit. Yeah. I mean, like, our friends who I remember, I remember the night when we were all together and I was talking about how I was such a Lindsay fan and everyone was shitting on me and we, I made that fake, that stupid little um, Instagram group with us called Hubcaps, yeah. where I would send Lindsay's posts to. Sure. And most people at that point did not like her, but I feel like the world has come around I and we're all about to buy merch. I mean, I, I don't, I think it's like, we don't, we still don't like her. She's just good television. I love her. She's a good woman. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I think that this is the same morning, like Kyle is telling Amanda that Carl hooked up with Danielle. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Which <sighs> Danielle, is Danielle, wild. Because like we, it seemed like that was happening, but they weren't. It was kind of like uh, on New uh, Real Houses of New Jersey, where like 
we got the clip of Teresa telling Daniela, do it, do it, do it Mm -hmm. months later. Right. We got the reveal. It's just like Danielle. Oh, not, not a girl's girl, obviously. I mean, the Trace Amigos, wow. <laughs> the it's three of really them. incestuous. Okay, we have our our weekday scene. I think it's, well, it's first Luke selling his engagement ring. Mm-hmm. Oh, in that weird office. Yeah. And we get the Giggly Squad making up at, at a lunch. I thought we only got flashbacks of the Giggly Squad. Yeah, we up. did. We did. But I'm just like, I'm just going chronologically <laughs> rather than like in right. the show. Well, we also had Jules and Carl getting oh. drinks at that weird restaurant inside of Union Square. Yeah. It's so strange, like how things have turned with them. I know, but it's like, like I said, I think Jules has one thing on her mind and it's getting laid. Mm-hmm. Good, good for her. I can't believe it's our last weekend. <laughs> I know. It's so I'm sad. so sad. Yeah. I hope that the Giggly Squad's going to continue, right? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I need I something wonder, to watch. I wonder if that like camp show is going to scratch the same itch. I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. There's a gay on there. Oh, okay. A main, a main, a main cast gay. Yeah, I have I thirteen feel... mutual friends with him on Facebook. Oh wow! Oh, like let me know who this person is. Well, I guess like, like a, I could look it up. He's like a Broadway baby type person. So all the people that I'm mutual friends with are like people I know who are actors from like sure. college. In my brain, the camp show is going to be like a mix of Summer House and Below Deck. Yeah, I think they're purposely putting it on Below Deck night because it's like similar vibes. Sure, because they all work there, and then like the guests come in every week. Yeah. Uh, Paige had like so many funny lines even before we got to the roast when she was like I don't want you guys to fight and if you do I'm just going to be friends with Lindsay (laughs) yeah that was funny she's a funny woman Yeah, that's why there has to be a better name than the fucking giggly squad Yeah, and that's like coming from me who like I feel like we should have rebranded a while ago no you don't like our branding no not, not our branding our name Really? I mean, I haven't you ever ever like thought, oh, maybe we could have done something else. I don't know what it is, but it could have been something else. No, to me, I feel like it's like it's like I like that we're not like Bravo, because like you know, if the tides change one day, and like there's no be, Bravo, <laughs> and there's no Bravo, we just like keep going with the flow. We have baby. to do something, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, let's talk about the discussion of Carl showing up to a work event wasted. Jeez. It's so bad. It's like when Kyle Cook is talking about your behavior in like a serious way, it's like, But like, the thing is, when you're dealing with a, like an alcoholic beverage product, like you gotta be extra careful with shit like that. Right, exactly. Like you gotta be stone cold sober. Cause like, like Bethany was always like this, like, like in terms of like drink responsibly, like this, that, that, like you can't be a sloppy jalopy for a work function. Mm, especially when you work in sale, like, come on. Yeah, that's so bad. 
Okay. We have that like Mexican dinner night, uh, a roast. Before we get to the roast, we have the announcement. Kyle and Amanda's wedding date, 925, 2020. <sighs> so have they not, announced a cancellation yet? Uh, no, I, I would say if I was in their shoes, I would not do anything yet. I mean, they're still a solid like five months away. Yeah, true. But I would, I if I like my advice to them would be to like carefully like move forward. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Totally. Like put off what you could put off mm-hmm. in terms of like putting down more deposits for shit if you haven't locked everything down. Right. I wonder if they looked at your wedding venue. I wonder. Because they were looking at a lot of Brooklyn places. Yeah. And, and like we were, we we considered the place they showed on camera. I think I mentioned this last week, but like that place books up a year in advance and we were looking for a quicker turnaround. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, the roast. Pretty good. Yeah. And by that, I mean pretty bad, but very watchable television. I mean, it, it was definitely like a, a, it definitely felt like the library was open, like mini challenge, <laughs> like people trying their best, reading things off their phones. Uh, but the best was <laughs> Carl's roast of Lindsay saying, Lindsay, I made out with Danielle when you were in Duluth. <laughs> That's like just like I want to hurt someone's feelings territory. <laughs> it's so cruel, and it, it was like interesting how Lindsay. It was just so insane that Lindsay didn't even know how to react. I know, like she was trying to do like the mental gymnastics of like, do I freak out? Like, is it better I look cool? Do I activate? Do I activate? Do I not activate? Do I do I deactivate? Uh, but then. And then Lindsay, like, I don't know if it was a talking head or there, like, Lindsay saying how Danielle does that with all the boys she dates. Woo. But then Paige DeSorbo eviscerating Lindsay. It was so good. What was it? It was something about two faces. Oh, yeah. No, but, like, the whole thing with, like, she was just calling Lindsay out for, like, trying to like destroy all the other girls' friendships. Mm -hmm. And like, normally Lindsay would fight back, but she had not like, Lindsay's Lindsay's way of fighting back was like, oh, you know, I'm not even going to deal with this. And and Paige is just like, because you have nothing, like you have, (laughs) you have no leg to stand on. Wild. I heard they've all been fighting online (gasps) today and yesterday. Like, because everyone like went live. Oh. Last night. I'll send you, someone wrote out like exactly what happened. Apparently Amanda was live with Bravo TV last night. And like, there were so many mean comments. She started crying and like went, like went off of it. And then like (laughs) Carl and Jules were live, like dragging Hannah and Paige. (gasps) Hannah and Paige were live dragging Carl and Jules. Wow. Well, we got the finale next week. And a reunion. I, I'm like so happy about that. I'm still worried about the reunion because it's just a watch what happens live and I think it's only going to be half an hour. No, stay positive. Okay, knock on wood or whatever. And we'll take a break and be right back. Bye. 
And we are back with the Real Housewives of New York. Uh, the train just keeps on chugging along. After last week's roller coaster episode, uh, we're back in New York City. But Evan, you said your your opinion on last week's episode has changed since you originally watched it. What what's your take on it? I guess this is informed by listening to Brian Moylan okay. um, guest start on Sarah Galley's podcast, Andy's Girls. Uh-huh. And I think that my change of heart is inspired by what he had to say, but there's just a version of the show that the, the kind of the, the things that I find funny about it, I like when they're like drunk and funny, but there was like a sloppiness to this one that could be read as like, a little too off the rails that like it's fun but it's like to what point because it's like if i were to recap this episode for someone like oh the woman took her shirt off or took her clothes off and went in the back and threw a tiki torch in the hamptons like i get how the camp factor of like it's just insane yeah but i'm not sure if it's like organized insanity that something like scary island was like organ like it was it was earned Mm -hmm. so i'm not against it now but i'm a little bit like the drunken crazy antics for them i don't fully we didn't really land anywhere plot wise with it yeah i think i think plot wise if like uh sped us through leah becoming one of them in terms of like she rolled around in the mud with them and now like it doesn't feel like she's the new girl, like sitting at the table during lunch near the end of this episode. It felt like she's been there all this time. Like, I definitely, uh, I, I definitely see the point of like, what was, what was the purpose of all of this? But like, I, I, I see something that came out of it. And now we're getting this whole plot with like her and her mom and everything. Yeah. This might be like really in the, overthinking it but like for me as like a as someone who like likes plot yeah like for instance the dildo and the chicken it's like i want to find that funny but the fact that no one knows how it got there and it just ended up there tells me that it was put there and it's like (laughs) i need to know that there was like a moment where like i need to see yeah the inner workings of things in order for them to pay off for me and it's just like yeah, it had moments. Sonia in the bathroom with Leah, you sure. know, right in front of her like that. Certainly moments. Um, but ultimately, I, 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 it's not my favorite version of the show. I don't sure. think I, I'm like hankering to rewatch that episode. Well, the first half, I mean, the, the all the loose stuff. Yeah. But how are you feeling about the season so far? Energized after tonight. Okay. I was worried that once we got back on the island, yeah. that we might lose some of the momentum that the Hamptons brings us. Yeah. Um, and safe to say, we we maintained. Sure. Yeah, I'm really interested in the fact, and I think Dan is right, whereas, like, that, that episode served as, like, a way for Leah to somehow become respected by all the women. Even, even like, destroying... Being a part of destroying Ramona's house... I think that like Leah cleaning it the next morning and yada, 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 and like kind of standing up for herself. Ramona respects her in a way that Ramona hasn't respected a new housewife like ever. Certainly. um, Which is very interesting to watch. 
there is just something I don't want to judge anyone's journey with their um, with alcohol or addiction mm-hmm. in general. I think that there's something inherently a bit cringe about a sober person coming on a reality show, announcing their sobriety, like making it a plot point, yeah. and then within an episode later, not only breaking that but getting like completely plastered. There is yeah. just something about that that's like makes her i see that people are like wanting to really rally behind her ignoring some of her oh yeah problematic past um but i i can't help moments like that to be like i like my housewives me personally i like to believe that they're inherently like moral people and that's not my favorite but then again it's like i like some of the immoral ones so yeah yeah that's like what what I feel like we're reckoning a lot with, with these housewives is like, you gotta take them at face value of what they present on the show. Otherwise you're down a rabbit hole of insanity where like you, you would have to like fire most of them. (laughs) But I do think that there's like a degree of like, you have like an Emily Simpson, for instance, who's like a Trump supporter who I can still stomach on the show. But then you have like a Vicky Gunvalson or like a Kelly who are like actively putting out information that is like dismissing what's going on, like misinformation. Vicky yeah. tweeting mm-hmm. at Gavin Newsom saying to reopen uh, nail salons. Stuff like that kind of behavior, I do think it's like, you can't be a fan of Vicky anymore. Oh, yeah. Like I feel like some of them, and, and I, I don't know how you guys feel with Kelly. It's like, some of that behavior, I was like, I, I don't want to watch you on reality TV. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you've, you've, this is just gross. Yeah. yeah. There's a line, especially during like this current time where we're seeing some of them act out in ways that's like, just like totally unacceptable. Yeah. Um, but good thing. Shannon Bedore is staying in her home. She's got <laughs> nine lemons in the bowl. She's got Archie by her side. <laughs> yeah. This episode we got, the girls going to go support Tinsley at Gara Sparrow, which was an interesting romp. <laughs> Tinsley's back. Tinsley's back where she belongs as a knit girl. This like effort, and it was like an extreme effort to paint Tinsley as like Tinsley was a socialite, and she was a known socialite. But like, it. I'm trying to choose my words carefully. Sure, it's not that hard to walk in new york fashion week it's the certain shows that are hard to walk in mm. walking in a garo sparrow show and i mean no disrespect to him yeah. whatsoever i understand the hustle of getting a show in new york fashion week truly no disrespect but it's just tinsley was doing him a bigger favor than vice versa mm. that's the reality of the situation the reality of the reality <laughs> um so i just think in moments like that it it I it was there was that funny moment when she like wanted the heels backstage yeah and in my mind I was thinking would it be out of line for her to ask for heels because this camera crew is here filming her reality show yeah and she would feel more confident in heels and she should have had heels yeah and and so it was interesting watching moments like that where it's like she's doing this plot which is like she's manifesting the plot of like my big return to New York fashion week. Sure. But meanwhile, it's like, you're actually doing a favor to this lesser known designer at sort of an event that's technically taking place at New York fashion week, but Mm -hmm. will not be covered as such. Yeah. There was a darkness to 
Dale backstage before the show. Like Dale being so happy that Tinsley was back where she quote unquote belonged. That was sad. But with the wrong hair. <laughs> with the wrong hair. <laughs> Wait, uh, I thought the thing was like, she wanted Tinsley in straight hair, but I thought Tinsley always had the wavy hair, but this was like a crinkly hair. I think I think Dale saw the positive response to Tinsley straightening her hair and was like, girl, you got to stick to this now. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, we got very little Lou. Well... We got Lou getting her hair and makeup done backstage and that Chiron. <laughs> yes. That was so good. Oh my God. <laughs> what were the the exact words were Loic and then it said hairdresser for models actually in the show. <laughs> so good. So iconic. I love it. And that's a really like flattering portrayal of Lou's delusion, yeah. which is that like, I watched that, it was very like old Lou to me in that I watched that scene and was like, wow, this woman's horrible, but I still like her. Yeah. Whereas I feel like in the last couple of seasons, it was, I was just, for me, it was just, I just don't like this woman. I got the tinge of like, there's just something about Lou. No, she, there really could be like an edit that is like, there's something about Lou where it's her doing these types of things. Like her going to get her hair done by the guy who's there to work for other people or her going up to her sign in um, Miami and like gawking at it and having someone take her photo. Like there is like a particular Lou that comes out in moments like that. That is like so fun to watch, but it's so psychotic. Yeah. I think the editors are giving her a break this year. Like I think we're getting a good Lou season. After, and, I mean, I mean, never looked better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, does. maybe until like next week. The previews are her sipping on some vodka. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, okay, so Ramona says, if you don't go to a fashion show in New York, you are considered a leper. <laughs> you will be <laughs> ostracized. That's what she says. Her doing uh, like her little work set, workouts in that apartment she <gasps> no longer lives in. The one with the parquet floors where she moved up like four floors up. Yeah. The editing of her moans. She's like, she's so good because like she has been the queen bee for so long, but then like Bethany came back and like really tore back down to size. So like she's never been able to like be the Nini in that way. Mm -hmm. And I love that for us. Yeah. Okay, Sonia planning, Sonia by Sonia Morgan, not to be confused with Sonia, the New York collection. Mm. We're planning this event. Uh, typically, I think she said there was only going to be like 70 people and there's more people at the townhouse <laughs> during gay uh, Wednesdays <laughs> or whatever that was. I wonder if Aquarius is still showing up to uh, Sonia's townhouse. Oh my God. Not right now. <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah, not right now. Um Okay, when <laughs> when when we were at Garosparo, uh Dorinda talking about Tinsley liking th- these Disney themed fashion shows had me dying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I I am a little sick of the Dorinda Tinsley feud, but like between that and at lunch when Dorinda was like pulling her brain out with her with her knife was pretty funny to me. 
And I appreciated that Leah was laughing along at that point because it was like clear, like a more uh, fluid dynamic amongst the group was yeah. there. Mm-hmm. I will say to Dorinda's credit, I appreciate that she's not making this a plot point to the point where like she can't be in the same room as Tinsley and yeah. that there's like tension. It's clear that like they have a peace treaty among them. And I respect that in a reality television personality. For sure. Uh, I was excited to see the return of Pamela Rowland because, I mean, we've been here, coming here for so long now. Um, Richard Lawson posted on Twitter that Pamela Rowland is Betsy DeVos's sister-in-law. Shut the fuck wow. up. Wow. <laughs> so, like, that's why this exists? Huh. Well, you know, I will say there's always these figures within fashion, and Pamela Rowland's a great example that you're like, no one really buys it. And so yeah. you're like mm-hmm. wondering how it continues to like exist. And specifically it's like, I think that they have enough, they they live for these New York Fashion Week moments. They're not reliant on sales in yeah. the way that conventional fashion brands are. They sure. sort of are bankrolled. So really like they keep the brand around so that they can have a runway show every year. Yeah. Yeah. And I just confirmed it. New York Times, February 12th, 2017. Pamela, Pamela Roland, the evening where line designed by Miss DeVos's sister-in-law tries to keep politics off the runway. Oh, wow. Wow. Bring a housewife. (laughs) So Leah said, quote, I really paved the way for many female brands that are out there now. That's really jarring um, (laughs) in its falsehood. Okay. I think it's strange that unlike Heather the legend who kind of like her resume spoke for itself. It became clear through learning about Heather's work, like how big of a figure she was and is in fashion. Sure. And a true boss. Um, Holla. It's just like for Leah to come in there and be like, let me toot my own horn. But rather than with like facts and figures, just like I was doing this before everybody else. But just because you did it before everyone else, there might be a reason why you were the one that didn't break through. Like, I just think that I'm imagining people out there watching this and thinking that like Leah is a player in the New York fashion scene. And that would be um, a little Trumpian in terms of its mischaracterization of facts. Was her office like a WeWork type situation? Because that's (laughs) what it seemed like to me. (laughs) And then they like went off and had that talk about her alcoholism with like a person at the computer behind them, like working. Do, yeah. you think that, do you think that was her? Who was the guy she was meeting with? Not, not the ex, not the baby yeah. daddy before that. No, oh, actually, he was a blogger. Yeah. I looked it up. He, he, oh. he works for some site called, um, high, snob, high snobbity. Oh, high snobbity. Okay. Uh, okay. High okay. snobbity. Hey. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, that that was on the his Chiron. It's just interesting because like I mean, no doubt she and you know, Megan McCain even on Watch What Happens Live made it clear like Leah has a backstory for sure and it does involve fashion. Yeah. But it's just like this idea that like Ivy Park is somehow indebted to a brand <laughs> like to the mob is like, come on. Let's get back to Pamela Rowland for a second because I want to <laughs> welcome Zia Melissa to the Roni stage. Oh my God. Returning the favor after Ramona was on New Jersey. I'm just sad we didn't get to see her interacting with anyone, even though she 
when you saw like shots from afar was sitting right next to Lou. Yeah. And they like went out of their way to cut her off. I noticed because when they would do, there were like extreme wide shots where you'd see her. Yeah. But then some of the wide shots of just the ladies, they would like cut off at Lou. And I'm like, come on, give us cross crossover. Also, Lala Kent was in the background. (gasps) Really? Yeah. She was wearing a headband. She didn't get a Chiron or anything though. I wonder if that's because like, She's from like the JV team. Yeah, lowbrow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, but I loved Sonia like making calls during the Pamela Roland show. Oh my god, her being like international lifestyle <laughs> fashion. Oh my god, she is just like from another planet. Uh, okay. So we go to lunch after the Pamela Roland show, learning that Ramona eats two dozen oysters <laughs> at a time. Fabulous. More oysters than were on Sutton Strack's blouse this week. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> aren't, the, aren't oysters an aphrodisiac? Ramona has always loved an aphrodisiac, oh. according to her first and second season tagline. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this, the chaotic energy of this lunch. Uh, Sonia going to sit at another table to do her emails. (laughs) Beautiful. Incredible. (laughs) Um, And her getting, like, so worked up, and then, like, the waiters right there waiting to bring, he's just, like, over there with, like, a bottle of water and, like, having to... that's been like the second time this season where a waiter got caught in the mix. I don't oh, know if yeah. you remember the first episode where the waitress was like caught between Tinsley and Sonia mm, fighting yeah. at the winery. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, and they like refuse to put put it on pause. It's just <laughs> they yeah. Uh okay, so then we head to Sonia Sonia's event. I was gonna say though, real quick, just speaking of them being awful to people, yeah. Ramona on the step and repeat. Pushing that woman oh. out of the way was like the Ramona at her most at peak Ramona. I mean, it's it, it, basically like how she treated Giselle that one time in the Hamptons. Exactly. That's what I was just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> we got the footage of her treating Giselle tonight, essentially. Uh, Sonia, like putting this show together as Dorinda's being escorted off, like across sheets of paper on the floor was. It's wild to me that this show, this fashion show, had the same chaotic energy as the first time we saw her do a fashion show seasons ago. It was, like, the exact same chaos and, like, not in a good way. Mm. She hasn't Uh, learned a thing. Well, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, like, this is probably the second one. Like, Mm -hmm. there hasn't been one in between. (laughs) I mean, credit to Kyle Richards for, you know jumping on the Shahida bandwagon and being like, hey girl, you've got a show. I want to partner with you. And and I, you know, I have resources that can make this better. Yeah. But I just think Sonia, I all I was gonna say all her life, that's very but I just think Sonia's in need of a partner. And I don't necessarily mean romantically. Yeah. I just think her journey is all about sort of that sure. search for partnership. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it coming up short. She's so. she's like the brand. She needs like the 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 business behind it, you know? She can't do it all. How much money could any of these, like, buffoons who she's sitting around this table with trying to pull things off as the itsy-bitsy spider falls down? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Right. 
I, I got to say, like, Leah showing up to this event with the pajamas in the plastic bag was great work for, for a newbie. Great work for a newbie. And then, like, the turnaround where Sonia put on the pajamas <laughs> was great work for a veteran. Yes. And then the entire reaction from the other veterans. It was just a well-done moment all around. And I would yeah. say such a strong moment for Leah in that – I always say, like, the greatest thing you can do in life is laugh at yourself. And I love the idea of Leah being like, I'm so mad at you. I'm so mad at you. I'm going to come in here in plastic bag and we're going to do this scene. Yeah. And then Leah realizing, you know what? This is so ridiculous. You yeah. have to laugh. And it's like, you mm-hmm. get it. And it's yeah. like, mm-hmm. stay, if you stay on that path, you will succeed. Yeah. Because it's like, you can't help but love Sonia, of course. But it's like, good on you for being a proxy for the viewer and having that attitude versus being like still being mad at her, which would just be like, we love yeah. her. Yeah. I know. It was one of the, the plastic bag was like the same one, like the exact same one you get at any bodega, which was a <laughs> great little Easter egg for all of us New Yorkers out there. Yeah. Post plastic bag ban, though my bodega is still using them. So. Yeah. But we're in like the upside down <laughs> yeah. world. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. I think that's it for New York. Let's close out the show with, our freak of the week and the one true queen this week. And I am hijacking this one a little bit <laughs> from Brendan, uh, from the drama, the cameo drama that this household has been through over the course of this past week. So for those of you who are not part of the Facebook group, let me give you a little story. We received uh, a page to Sorbo from Summer House Cameo Explain what a Cameo is in case people don't know. Oh, okay. People might not know that. Okay. So Cameo is a website that Bethany's boyfriend is an investor in. Yes. uh, Where you will request a video from a celebrity and pay them money to do this. uh, And then you get a video that you get to send to your friend saying like, hi, happy birthday, happy graduation, like whatever. So we got a Cameo from of Summer House Paige Sorbo, uh, expressing her um, I don't, condolences. The, condolences. Condolences, I guess, for the fact that uh, Alex and I were supposed to be celebrating our wedding this past weekend, but obviously coronavirus, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then she mentioned in, in the cameo, like, oh, this is so strange. Like, I sent another uh, cameo to another... Dan and Alex that were supposed to get married. Uh, but she's like, anyway, blah, blah, blah. So sorry. Like, it's going to happen. You know, it'll be great. Not 30 minutes later, another friend sends us a link to a cameo of Paige DeSorbo recording another message for the two of us to the other Dan and Alex that she thought was another couple, but wearing the same outfit in the same bed once again, expressing her condolences for <laughs> for our wedding that did not happen. Uh, so obviously it was very uplifting to get not one but two cameos from her. Uh, so we are part of the Giggly Squad. So we posted these videos onto the Facebook group. Uh, and we found out that a listener of this community requested another cameo from another member of Summer House, Amanda Batula, who is our freak of the week because she 
did not deliver. Apparently, this cameo was requested over a week ago. And I guess the way cameo works is that they have seven days to request. Otherwise, it just gets like sent to the trash and they don't get paid. Uh, so she never responded to the the request. Uh, our listener Neely saw Amanda doing a live Q and A on Sunday essentially all day long and, and confronted her about not doing the cameo. It was just like the funniest thing that we got two from one member of the summer house, uh, our one true queen page, the Sorbo and Amanda Batula just couldn't step up to the plate. And Neely's a one true queen. She messaged me actually April 20th oh. to ask details about when you would be getting married. Uh-huh. Um, so that she could try to pull this off with enough time. Oh Obviously, God. Amanda didn't pull through. Um, I do think that you should uh, include a little bit of Paige's message as part of this episode. Oh, yeah, it is very inspirational. So I'll leave that right here. Hi, Dan and Alex. Did I just do a cameo for you guys and you were supposed to get married, but you didn't? And someone wanted me to officiate it? If this is a different Dan and Alex, first of all, that's crazy. But second of all, I'm so sorry that your wedding is postponed. Um, But if you do want me to officiate it, honestly, I'm open to it. Um, But I heard that you guys are having like a big Zoom to celebrate. So exciting. Let me know because I love joining Zooms and getting drunk with people I don't know. It's kind of like being on Summer House. Um, But I love that you guys love the show. The next few episodes are going to be so crazy. Um, congratulations on your engagement and like now at least you know you can plan a wedding and the second one will just be even better, you know? Think of the bright side. All right, congratulations. Bye guys. Wow. Paige, we love you. A one true queen. But I guess you're right, Neely is the one true queen for for putting in uh that effort. And also the people who send us the other cameos as well. Um So Evan, thank you for being with us once again. Yeah. Um, tell us where people can go listen to Shut Up Evan. On all podcast platforms out there. And you know what's weird? 60, only 69% of our audience is American. Ooh, it's a very nice. international. International. You are, you are an international <laughs> lifestyle brand, Evan. Truly. <laughs> can I just say, I'm, I, I want to thank you both. It's like, it's so nice in times like these to have things that we're familiar with that mm. you know drop into a, whether it be our podcast or for me it's the view and you mentioned drag race and so having come through queen every week to sort of engage with has been just i i speak on behalf of the community of how appreciative we are oh thank you thank you uh also check out the shut up evan patreon where there's bonus content as well um and Obviously, you're on all social media as Evan Ross Katz. You yeah. got the branding down pat there. Yeah. But um, follow Instagram. I'm trying I'm trying to use Twitter less. Again, yeah, I think yeah. I said the exact same thing last time. It's an yeah. ongoing battle. Yeah. <laughs> I step into shit sometimes, so I'm trying to be more careful. Yeah. Okay. Uh, obviously, you could follow Brendan at not Brendan. I'm at IDKIDK. There's the Facebook group that we mentioned, of course. Uh, our Instagram and Twitter are up and running. And like, comment, subscribe, partial retweet. Love us, love us, please retweet. I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.
Come through, queen. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.